0: i'm going to share about becoming mature you know we talk about uh sometimes we say it in different words we tell our kids to grow up you know and really a lot of what we're saying is you know become mature you know physically they're going to grow up but you know uh we're talking about maturity and and for the christian for the christian we need to see that it's god's intent for us to mature you know, the Bible talks about not staying as babes, but that we need to grow up. Um, mat- maturity, I looked up a definition It says being fully considered, perfected. And it's, maturity is, develops over time. It's over time. Because it says over time we become stronger and more complete and useful. We become become more useful. The maturity, you know, it's not just a matter of maturing, but why? Well, if we mature, I believe we become useful. Maturity is not just age. Everybody's going to get older. That's that's a natural. Everybody gets older. There's kind of been, once in a while, I hear somebody say, well, they're never going to grow up. and That's a little bit about saying, well, they're never going to mature. You know, they just don't grow up, you know. When are they ever going to grow up? You know? But uh, you know, we want to take a look at Scripture and see that you know, God does want us to mature, to mature. The first Scripture I want to share is from Ephesians, the fourth chapter, beginning to the 13th verse. It says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine but by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head who is Christ. And then in 1 Corinthians 14 20 it says brethren do not be children in understanding however in malice be babes but in understanding be mature. So we see that you know the Bible shows us we we need to mature. We should, the idea is that we need to grow up spiritually. Spiritually, we need to we need to grow up. We need to become like Christ. It says we become all things into Him. We become like He is. And so, what does that look like? And That's what I really wanted to look at today. Is well, what's that really look like? You know. What are some practical things that should happen when we mature? And you know, what should change? Here's some some very some are very practical things, and some some have some scriptural basis. Some are I'm just going to share as practical things. The first one is, you mature when you realize how much you don't know. Because if you look, a lot of a lot of young people, youth, children, what do they think? They think they know it all, you know, and they they think it's somehow they got to prove something. They got to prove that they know it all. So they want to, they come across like, well, I know that. I know that. Did you ever tell a young person something? They go, I know that. (laughs) Well, it's just trying to help you. You know, usually you're trying to help them. You're trying to say, hey, here's something. But, you know, when we mature, we realize we don't know it all. In Philippians, the third chapter, the 12th verse, the Apostle Paul said, he says, not that I've already attained, I haven't, al- I haven't already got there, and I'm, or I'm not already perfected, but he said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He says, I know I'm not there yet. You know, maturity says, I don't know everything. And I think when you really get mature, you really realize you don't know, you know, you kind of go, wow, you know, I don't know because I've been through that thing where I thought I knew. (laughs) I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I knew how everything was supposed to work and then it, it didn't go that way. Oh, maybe I don't know everything. You know, maybe, maybe I need to start to, you know, listen and observe more things. Maybe I need to mature. You know, sometimes sometimes we need to ask questions. You know, if you think you know it all or you act like you know it all, you're afraid to ask a question. Because if I ask a question, that would make it look like I didn't know anything. And so if you don't ask questions, guess what? You don't grow. You don't learn. Because questions are what helps us. And so... As we mature, hopefully we ask more questions and you know, we can ask more questions and, and not always think we have to have the answer, have to have the answer. A lot of times, you know, as, as you uh, are immature, you, answers seem to be pretty, uh, sometimes very, you think there's always has to be an answer and you'll find it when people ask you something, you always want to give them an answer. What I found out is, as you get older, you don't always have the answer. And guess what else I found out? People don't always want the answer. <laughs> oh, they asked the question, but they really didn't want the answer. I I thought they actually wanted an answer. No, they was just asking a question and maybe hope you might agree or feel sorry or something, not really give an answer. Number two, we need to listen more and talk less. When you mature, you'll start to listen more and talk less. In James 1.19, it says, So then, my beloved children, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Quick to listen, quick to hear, slow to speak. Those are opposites. Quick to hear. thats Boy, we want to jump right on it. We want to we hear. Whoa, slow down on speaking. Slow down on speaking. So we have to be very careful, very careful, quick to listen. What do they always say? We got two ears and one mouth. You know, that's always the, they say, you know, so try to remember that. It's because you need to do more listening. So you got two ears, and one mouth, quick to listen, slow to speak. Um, sometimes we need to listen when it comes to maturity because, you know, it's hard to sometimes know what people are really saying unless you really listen. What are they really saying? I hear words, but you know, sometimes words aren't what people are really saying. Sometimes it's what's behind those words? What do they really mean by those words? And so we listen more. We listen more. We don't always have to have an answer. Number three, we need to be aware and considerate of others. Be aware. You know, be aware of what's going on, what people are saying, doing, what, how they are. <laughs> I uh, yesterday, you know. I, anyway, we were at the football game. It was ninety, eighty-eight degrees. It was hot. Oh, it was hot. It wasn't a whole lot of air moving. Or once in a while you feel a breeze, and you, oh yeah, there's a breeze. And we got there early, so we sat there an hour and a half before the game started. Anyway, the highway patrolman came by sometime in the first half and he saw mary and he was very aware <laughs> i said that's why i thought about being aware he looked at mary and he said are you okay ma'am <laughs> he was aware he looked at her you know and she looked like she'd been baling hay for 3 hours <laughs> and mary don't do that but she looked like she'd been baling hay for 3 hours man but he was aware You know, he could have just, there was thousands of people there, and he could have just walked on by. But I was, I thought, well, isn't that something? He was aware. He saw something. You know, that's the way we need to be. We need to be aware of others. Sometimes if you just pay attention, you can see things. But so many times we're so busy or in our own thing, we just walk right by and we don't see a thing. In Philippians, the second chapter, the third verse, it says, don't let anything be done through selfish amb- ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let us each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests but also the interests of the other. As you mature, you start to see other people, you see needs, and you think about them before you just think about yourself. You know, when I I think you know it's natural. You know, as you as you mature, but when you're young and immature, what do you think about? You think about yourself. You know, what's in it for me? I don't like that. Just listen to kids when they talk. I don't want that. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. No, no. You know, it's all about them. As we mature, we need to consider other people. We need to consider the other person. You know, what would they want? What would they like? How do they feel? You know, sometimes you ask, sometimes you can just see. You know, this scripture says, think of others first, put them ahead of yourself. Now, I say this, that an insecure person, I realize there's there's a whole other realm there of an insecure person, they're already doing that because they don't think they're worth anything. But in maturity, in natural maturity and becoming what God wants us to be, he wants us to start to consider others And what would they like? How would they like it? What would make them happy? I use this a lot in in weddings. You know, it's one of the things I say, you know, now you're getting married, the two become one. You think about the other person, you know, what would make them happy? Where would they like to go? What would they like to do? What could I do that would please them? Not just about, well, what are they going to do to please me? Well, they're bad because they don't make my life happy if you think other people are going to make your life happy you're going to struggle you're going to struggle because other people are not going to make you happy you know and so so as we mature we become aware of the needs of others we become considerate of us we consider them we consider them the fourth one we don't take everything personal boy This is, you know, this is a tough one. I, I, you know, I thought, wow, that's really true, but boy, that's kind of a tough one. Taking everything personal, every word somebody says, and twist that to think, how does that affect me? If you do that, you're going to really struggle. You know, because if you take everything personal, everything everybody says or does, or even if you interpret their moods or how they conduct themselves, here's how it goes. You're going to go, well. I went to church today and somebody walked right by me and didn't say a word. I wonder why they're mad at me. Wow. You know? If you do that, you're going to have a hard time because people get busy. Sometimes they're doing something. And I'm not saying, you know, that maybe they shouldn't be thinking about whatever they're doing, but sometimes they got things on their mind. And you try to interpret all of that against yourself and take it all personal. Take it all personal, you know. As you mature, hopefully we don't take things so personal. And sometimes when you take everything personal, what you'll start to do is defend yourself. When everything's personal, then you'll start to defend yourself. And let me say, if you defend yourself, you're going to look offensive. Just telling you, if you defend yourself, you're going to look offensive. Offensive. I struggled whether or not to share this example, but I'm going to do it, okay? If you watched any of the Senate hearings of Judge Kavanaugh, if you watched any of that, okay? Now, I'm not going to, I don't want to, I just want you to learn something and see. When he was attacked, okay, what did he do? At one point, he gave a speech, and he defended himself, now you you know, when it's now it's like, well he shouldn't have, he should have. That's not my point. He defended himself. And he defended himself vigorously. What was what was the thing that came out of that? Oh, he's offensive. Oh, he's now he's a bad guy because he defended but, but that tends to be what happens. I'm not saying that was you know, I'm not getting into whether you know, he should have or shouldn't have, and that was right or wrong. I'm just saying when you defend yourself, you can come across as offensive. Now, if you should be, if you're defending yourself and you need to stand up, then so be it. But I just want to tell you, when you defend yourself, you're going to come across as offensive. You're going to come across as aggressive. I'm not saying there aren't times you shouldn't do that. But I'm just saying we want to be very careful. We want to be very careful because if you find yourself defending yourself a lot, people will think you're offensive. Okay? As we mature, we don't always have to defend ourselves. Now, I am not saying there's not times you should, but when you do, then if you should and you do, then there's probably could be a cost for doing it. You know, and, and that's okay. But I'm talking mainly about, you know, when people just say something, you're right away to, oh, I, you know, I didn't do that, I didn't, you know, and you defend yourself real quickly. It, it comes across as aggressive. It comes across as aggressive. So we want to be careful. We want to be careful. I believe as we mature, we, we become grateful. We should become grateful. Not complaining. Not complaining about everything. I'm not saying if you're mature, you'll never complain, but you know, you probably shouldn't. You know, we we should become more grateful. First Thessalonians 518. It says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. That means when it doesn't go my way. That means when I really didn't want to do this, but I'm doing it. And I'm just going to complain about it because I didn't want to do it anyway. That gives me a license, see? That gives me right to complain. But instead, as we mature, I believe we become grateful. We have a grateful heart. It's something that gets inside of us and we become more grateful. Grateful. I believe as Christians mature, we should become more grateful because the more we mature, the more we see how much God loves us and what he's done for us. And so as we're grateful for what he's done, then we share that gratefulness with people around us. We become grateful, you know, less complaining, less complaining, you know, I don't know. You know, on this earth, I'm not so sure how much is ever right, you know. I don't know, how much is ever just perfect right? Think about your life. Think about your job. Think about things around you, people. How much of it is just exactly right? (laughs) Not much. You know, maybe once in a while you get a spot where you think, well, this is good. (laughs) Here's a good spot. You know, i kind of like, well, this is good. But then because of that, we need to be able to be grateful in everything. We need to be grateful in a lot of circumstances that aren't right. I don't think that's so unusual. I think that's maybe probably the way it is a lot. You know, so we need to learn to be grateful. To have a grateful heart. That is, it's what's inside of us. Think about, think about it. what's inside of me. And I always say what's inside of me is like ketchup. You just got to squeeze it hard enough to find out what it is. If you just walk by me, you don't know what's inside of me, but you got to squeeze hard enough and say, and usually squeezing means you got to do something to bring out what's inside of me, you know, which means something doesn't go my way. And then what's inside of me pops out, you know, when something doesn't go my way, what's inside of you complaining or being grateful. That's a real sign of maturity, real sign of maturity. Number six, we need to be able to forgive easy. Forgive easy. Ephesians six thirty two says, Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Easy, quick to forgive. I say even quick to not see the offense. You know, it's like I you know, I didn't even notice. You know, easy, quick to forgive, though when we are offended. Don't hold grudges. You know, let it go. Let it go. Quick to forgive. I believe number seven, if we're mature, we'll also be calm and peaceful. Calm and peaceful. Psalms 37, 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Don't fret. Don't fret. Be peaceful. Be peaceful. Personally, personally, this is very personal. I look peaceful on the in- outside. I wish I was as peaceful on the inside. Because people say, oh, you're so calm and peaceful. I say, yeah, but you ought to see the inside. You know? We need, we need the peace on the inside, too. We need, we need peace on the outside, peace on the inside. You know, it's where we don't get all stirred up. We don't fret. We don't fret. We don't worry. Let the peace of God rule in our hearts. You know, that's, it says rule. Let it, let it have charge of what's inside of us. Don't fret. Don't fret. It's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of trust in God. Trust in him that he's in charge. Number eight, don't expect everybody else to fix your problems. You know, that's, you know, (laughs) that goes from everybody to the government to everything around you. Don't expect everybody else to fix your problems, you know. You just realize, I guess if you grow older, you realize, you get mature, you realize, number one, they're not the source of what's going to fix my problem. So I can't always expect everybody else to make me happy. Everybody else to, to make me feel better. Job, he was confronted by his his uh, people who were giving him a hard time about what he was going through. And Job's In Job 19.4, he says, Indeed, if I have erred, he says, my error remains with me. He took personal responsibility. He said, Well, I guess if I've messed up, then I guess it's with me. You know, I, well, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have all these problems. That's what sometimes people say. You know, if it wasn't for you, it wouldn't be like this. No, we need to take personal responsibility for for what's ours. You know, what's 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 ours and not be trying to blame somebody else and expecting everybody else to fix my problem. You know, making, thinking somebody else is always going to make me happy. You know, if the people at work would just straighten up, I'd be happy. I could be happy. You know, if my spouse would just straighten up, I could be happy. What if they straightened up and you still weren't happy? That could happen. That could happen. That could happen. Number 12. I don't know any scripture for this one, but I think it's pretty important. Be willing to laugh at yourself. That's, you know, that's, I don't know that I couldn't think of a scripture that really pertained to that, but you know, it's really important. As you mature, just learn to laugh at yourself. I think sometimes as we mature, we start to get a real grip of who we are. And, you know, I got shortcomings. There's stuff I don't do right. There's things that I got quirks. And you know what? (laughs) Now, don't use this as an excuse. Because sometimes people say, well, that's just the way I am except me because I'm not changing and I'm not getting any better. That's not what I'm talking about. But sometimes you just ought to laugh at yourself a little bit and don't take yourself so serious. You know, you just laugh. You know, I I see it. I see it. I see it. We just, it just makes life easier. And I think as you mature, you can do that. You can do that a little bit. You can say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, it's just kind of the way I am. It's kind of quirky, but, you know, that's what I do, you know. And sometimes we just got to be willing to laugh at ourselves, and not be so upset when somebody else laughs at you. You know, sometimes people laugh at you. You know, you just do dumb stuff. They laugh at you, you might as well laugh with them. Not be offended. You know, it just, some of these things just make life easier. Some of them, I believe, that there's spiritual reason for it. As Christians, we're meant to mature. We're meant to mature. We're to grow up. We're to grow up. We're to become more like Christ. We're to become more like him, less about me. More like him. For what reason? So that we can do what he wants us to do. I believe as we mature, we become more useful to him. To him. He can use us in different ways. I believe as we mature, it helps our words and our deeds to become more Christ-like. And he'll use that. To use what I say and what I do to serve others through him, to draw others to him. That, you know, it's, it's about maturing for purpose, not just to say, it is not to say we mature so I can go around and brag about how mature I am. Or to say, well, you know, I've been a Christian for 40 years and look at me. I know all kinds of things. That makes me mature. No, it doesn't. No, it's becoming more like Christ. I believe we need the knowledge of Christ, but the knowledge of Christ has to lead to becoming like him. It's more about information and more about transformation. Information is no good if there's no transformation. Knowing all the answers is no good unless Christ can change my life and I'm more useful to him. Otherwise, it's just answers, information. And usually that will give us pride that we just have a lot of answers and that gives us pride but we want to become more useful more mature so that we are more like him to serve others and serve those around us let's pray heavenly father we just pray lord you'd help us to mature to grow up to become more like you lord we thank you for your word lord and if If it seems like an unsurmountable task, Lord, we know that you're the one that helps us to do this. As we seek you and allow you to work in our lives, that you're the one that helps us to become more like you. So, Lord, help us to mature. Help us to be useful for you in the kingdom. Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.